Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters Podcast. Your favorite data nerds are back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Chief Economist here at the California Association of Realtors, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Oscar Way, our Deputy Chief Economist. Hey, Oscar. Hey, Jordan. Hey, everyone. Uh, Glad to be here and glad to be here to share some information with you about the economy and the market. Yeah, we just put out this uh, the July numbers for the housing market here in California the day that we recorded this. So this is Tuesday, I guess, for us. I'm not sure what day it is for you. So we want to run you through what happened last month, talk a little bit about the, the kind of trend for housing affordability as well, mm-hmm. because we also released our, our second quarter housing affordability numbers. And of course, Thinking towards the future, we want to recap what's been happening and new developments on on the kind of COVID front because there have been some changes there, and of course, uh, the broader economy is always a concern. And so we're going to share the the kind of outlook for the broader macro environment as well as the housing stuff. But let's start with the housing stuff because I feel like this is in some ways kind of the the I told you so month, right? <laughs> We've been seeing this coming for a while because we're tracking sales on a weekly basis. Uh, But we've also seen it both, you know, in the, in the mortgage applications um, and in the pending sales, even, right. We saw that in the, in the June numbers, but we did have the kind of pace of sales cool a little bit in July. Right. Exactly. And so in in another word, you know, you're telling our listeners that, Hey, it, we got, you guys are prepared. You shouldn't be seeing, listening to this and think that it's a shock. True. So let me run down some numbers and then we can talk a little bit more. Now, um, as you said, you know, it cool a little bit uh, in terms of sales. Let's look at sales. Sales numbers actually still at, you know, even though we said it's cooled uh, down a little bit, but it's still at a pretty decent level. Now, I actually am kicking myself because I promised that I I wouldn't (laughs) use the term cool because this is more of a a normal pace. And I think that's what you're getting to. It is. It is. I mean, of course, when you look, uh, it depends on, and everything is relative. If you look at how it compares to, let's say, the end of last year or, you know, the first half of the year, it is a little bit more modest moderate in terms of, you know, sales. We're looking at sales down slightly uh, by 2% compared to last year in yeah. July. And we're looking at sales uh, down slightly, uh, when I say slightly, 1.6% compared to June. But we're still at a pretty decent level at uh, close to 430,000 seasonally yeah. adjusted level. Now, you said, you know, it's normalizing. And, and it's the right word because, you know, if you look at how it compares to pre-pandemic level. Sure. We're still at a very high level. I mean, 430,000 is a very good number. Um, and then price, you know, let's talk about price a little bit. Price, you know, we have been setting new record price for what, four months in a row before July. Yeah. And finally, like all year. I know, I know. And it finally came down a little bit uh, by um, 1% compared to the previous record high in set in June. But yeah. we're still up about 22% compared to the uh, same time last year. Yeah, 811,000 is still a high number. I mean, when you look back at the 666,000 number in July of 2020, uh-huh. we thought that was a high number, right? That I was know. already a, a pretty big number. But I think, you know, that, and that's why I, I kind of 
kicking myself for using the term cooling because you know 21.7% growth in prices is still uh like you said a, a very solid increase it is. lots of momentum uh, you know and and let's be honest before 20 you know second half of 2020 we would have killed for a 430,000 unit pace for home sales right. pretty much any time since the end of the last recession. That would have been uh, strong performance. And so, so really what we're talking about is a market that's come down from kind of 15 year highs that we were at about you know six months ago, not, not a market that's, that's cooling. And I think you see that too, when you look at the kind of stats on inventory or the stats right. on competitiveness, right? Because even though, um, you know, we're getting back towards the, you know, we're closer to the kind of normal number of 400,000 home sales than we were to that abnormal number of 510,000 units, but we're still about 30% above pre- pandemic levels and inventory still very tight homes still sell quick and and so i think that that is is important to state and and kind of goes against the argument that you're seeing a market cool right i mean again it, you know it, it's you know things are you know we can still we, we're still seeing the market being heated in the sense yeah. that you know the you know it's very very competitive you know the number that you will see in our press release you know the number of uh, people who uh, put in uh, 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 an offer above asking price it's still at you know seven out of ten homes right you know um, and we're still seeing, as you said, you know, the uh, number of uh, the homes flying off the shelf, like, you know, just slightly above a week, like eight days or nine days as compared yeah. to last year was what, two weeks, 17 days or so. So we're still seeing, you know, a, a very competitive market. Yeah, it is a little bit, um, you know, more moderate compared to in June and, and uh, May. Now, you also take into account that typically, you know, typically this time of the year, August, uh, going into August, September, it is supposed to be the off season. Yeah. And you and you said normal. Um, it is in the sense of you know we're resuming some normal seasonality. Yeah, you know, that we'll, we typically see. Forget last year. Last year, second yeah. half of last year, there's nothing. There's seasonality no did not exist. Actually, I think the high price point of last year was in December instead of in June when it normally happens. Right. Right. And yeah. it's not just a high price point. The sales actually went up to a high level too. This in is December. true. So yeah, now kids are are kind of going back to school for the most part, knock on wood. But um, you know that that kind of normal seasonal pattern seems to have exerted itself. Where we had a real spring home buying season, right? right that was growing by thirty and forty percent on a year to year basis, and then we had the kind of back to school lull that we've seen in the mortgage applications and the pending sales that all started to do uh, what they they normally do. How, how was that spread out? Because I think, you know, both geographically and in mm -hmm. terms of the mix of sales, there's, you know, it, it was pretty broad based, but some areas stand out. Yeah, it looks like, you know, based on, um, you know, geographic first, you know, geographic area first, yeah. you know, the and, and you mentioned it before, you know, some of the metropolitan areas, they started actually, you know, people started coming back, you know, with uh, COVID uh, being, you know, getting a little bit better. So if you look at the Bay Area, as well as Southern California, in terms of sales, that actually didn't drop that much. It dropped, you know, on a year over year basis by 1.4% for both regions. Yeah. Now, keep also keep in mind i think you know they for southern california uh, uh specifically um the uh the the sales actually didn't start rising um 
in, last in year. June or July. It actually started rising a little bit uh, slowly. They were a little slower. Yeah. Right. So the fact that it only dropped 1.4 and uh, percent in both Bay areas and Southern California, that's encouraging. And keep in mind that those areas do make up, you know, a big part of the total sales. Yeah. Now, other areas are dropping a little bit more. Uh, the Central Valley and the Far North, they're dropping a little bit more uh, by double digit. Uh, but I think, you know, things, all, that's partly because they did see, you know, more stronger sales in July of last year. Right. So that's and part of it. Absolutely. And so, you know, we have seen sales overall in California and pretty much across regions to different levels go down six out of the last seven months. But again, we see that more as a kind of normalizing. We're just kind of dialing back right. from, from those 15 year highs. And, and actually, again, uh, from, from the standpoint of just the overall level of sales, forget the percentage comparisons, right? But at almost mm -hmm. 430,000, that's a pretty good number for a July, right? If you go Very back good a number, number of actually. years, you, you usually don't see a July do that well. Right. And, and, and you know, also, if you want to look at it by price point, Mm. Now, that's another way to take a look at it. Right. Uh, and we have been emphasizing that, you know, the high end homes, you know, million dollar homes are actually selling really well um, on a year over year basis. In July, they're still up from last year by over 35 percent, 36 percent. Now, of course, if you put things into perspective, you might think, wow, this actually dropped a little bit because I think at one point it was triple digit, triple digit. Game. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's depressing relative to the 300 <laughs> percent increase that we were seeing in, you know, two and three million and up uh, just a couple of months ago. But 36 percent increase on what was already a pretty strong level of luxury home sales, because let's not forget when we talk about when the recovery started, uh, the stock market fell and came back much, much quicker than the kind of Main Street economy. And, you know, companies that work in tech and folks with high incomes were doing better than ever uh, economically. And so those those high end home sales really drove mm -hmm. the recovery from the very get go when when the housing market started opening back up in in April. And so to still be up 36 percent uh, in those transactions is still, again, a, a healthy number. But we do see, again, that 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 inventory constraint, I think, is particularly acute right. at the bottom end of the market, because I think even stuff. Uh, up to 750,000 was actually down in terms of overall sales last year or uh, last month. Right, right. And, and um, so, you know, looking forward a little bit, um, if we look at, you know, we know that, you know, high end is actually will continue to do well. Um, but looking forward a little bit, you know, if you look at the based on seasonality, you know, as you mentioned, it's yeah. going to normalize. So we're going to see some seasonal pattern continue. Um, and going into August, September, and so on and so forth, we expect, you know, some sales um, decline in the upcoming months. But at the same time, keep in mind, you know, the second half of last year was really, really strong. So right. it's not a surprise to see some decline. Um, but uh, more evidence from the pending sales suggests that, yeah, we're going to see a little bit more moderation yeah. in the coming months. And I think the, you know, the moral of the story for us as real estate professionals, right, for our members out there is that we still got to kind of keep our nose to the grindstone and have a mm -hmm. very proactive approach when it comes to the market and even freshen up the script, right? Because we see in our consumer survey, again, that we hit a new low for consumer sentiment about it being mm -hmm. a good time to buy. And yet, um, you know, we're actually seeing some not a lot, but some inventory come back right. online. And, and so right. I think we need to, you know, again, take a more proactive approach because sales have cooled. 
a little bit or sales have normalized rather a bit, <laughs> right? But uh, we we have an opportunity with more homes coming onto the market for those buyers who still want to get in while rates are low. And, and we see that um, we have had an increase on a month to month basis in terms of how many, you know, homes are going onto the market for the last six months. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, that should provide some light at the end of the tunnel. We still got a long way to go, but again, um, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to see some potential there for, for buyers. Yeah. And that, you know, that usually translate into, uh, hopefully, the market not as competitive, you know, in the winter season. And maybe, you know, looking at price, we know that price usually, um, based on seasonal pattern, uh, usually go down a little bit in the the September or so. So that, yeah, definitely would give uh, buyers some um, more breathing room. Absolutely. And they went down for the first time in six months. This was the first time that we didn't set an all-time high for a while, right? right? Um, We're still above 800,000. So it's no picnic out there for folks trying to get their foot uh, on on the property ladder. But it's good that that it's decelerating because it gives folks a chance to catch up uh, on on their incomes, right? And I think that that is is what it's it's all about. Now, the thing that we should point out too is that some of this um, could be, you know, impacted by the COVID stuff. And, right. and we did see actually the number of homes that we put onto the MLS in July uh, stumbled for the first time as those numbers started to spike again. So we can talk more about that later, but you know, just throwing that out there as a kind of uh, question mark about, about that trend that we have been seeing up to now on new listings. Yes. COVID, a Delta variant is continued to be a, a wild card and it will continue to affect both the market and the uh, economy. What about um, housing affordability though, right? Because this is, I think, going to continue to be the ongoing challenge, even as the market normalizes and we're no longer seeing prices go up by 30% and that we actually saw them back off a little bit last month in terms of the overall level of prices. But you know, it's not just that prices are still going up, even if at a, at a slower rate, but we also have, you know, the rate issue to worry about. Rates are pretty low for right, right. now, right? But they're actually higher than they were in the first quarter. And, and that actually kind of combined with the really strong growth in prices was kind of the one-two punch for housing affordability last quarter. Yeah, it definitely, you know, uh, put some downward pressure on affordability. You know, when you look at affordability, um, which is an indicator that shows the percent of households that could afford to buy a median price home, um, it actually dipped in the second quarter. Uh, housing affordability dipped to the lowest level since, you know, the fourth quarter of 2007. Right. It dropped to 23%, meaning uh, I know we want, always want to flip it around and look at the other way. It means 77% of California households uh, were not able to buy a median price home. Right. Yeah. So if you went and knocked on three, you know, four doors, three of those families would not be in a position to be able to afford at current prices uh, and interest rates. And that just is, you know, that's at even rates that are still, you know, outside of what we saw in the first quarter. And when they were down at 2.66 late last year is, is, you know, I mean, inc- still incredibly, incredibly low. Uh, and, it, and it's just, a, you know, a symbol of how even at three, you know, percent interest rates that, that these high prices really just take a huge bite out of folks take home 
hey, you crunch the numbers, right? It's it's some uh, obscene amount of money that needs to be made far in excess of what the typical family makes just to be able to make that monthly mortgage payment. Because I think once you put in the principal and the interest and all the other, uh, you know, insurance and property tax and that right. stuff, you know, you're looking at a, a payment, I think it was 3770, almost 3800 bucks a month. And, and that just translates into a significant demand in terms of how much money you need to make to be able to get your foot on the ladder these days. Yeah, we're looking at, you know, an income of 150 grand, you know, Correct. a year. And, uh, you know, for you know, just as a comparison, for median household income at what it is somewhere around 75 to 80,000. Right. So um, we're only halfway there. Halfway there. I mean, yeah. we're not we're not looking at you know uh, just a, a house in a bay area which usually is a little bit more uh, uh, pricey right. but we're looking at you know california as a whole right and even by you know in in different areas and things like that i mean like the the income required on a on a townhome or a condo right is like 90 grand which is in itself like you know 20 25 percent higher than that median household's earnings as well. And so just that, you know, the as good as as the kind of benefits of home ownership have grown because, you know, folks who have gotten their foot on the property ladder have accumulated lots of equity, you know, not as many folks are able to to take advantage of those same benefits today because we're just seeing prices uh, outstrip incomes at, at such a remarkable pace. And again, that just gets compounded when, when you look at it um, with, in an environment with higher rates. And again, you mentioned it, it's not just in, in you know, the Bay Area, uh, in, you know, in Southern California, where homes are at least affordable. I think almost all of the counties that we track saw uh, affordability deteriorate. And I think that you know, the, the outlying areas might even see affordability deteriorate more rapidly as folks move into those areas they're able to work remotely and all of that stuff right and they go pump prices up in tahoe and big bear and and things like that and that just means that affordability erodes in those markets you know all the quicker too absolutely you know we're looking at you know the um some areas like inland empire maybe it has you know uh, less than hundred thousand uh, minimum income required but still uh, when you compare the the uh, median household median household income made in the area, yeah. it's much lower. So um, it's it's going to be a, a problem that will linger on for a little bit. As you mentioned, you know we're at a very low rates right now. So looking into the second half of the year and maybe going forward into 2022, we assume rates are going to go up. Um, so this is going to be a huge challenge for many buyers in the coming years. No doubt. No doubt. And I think Santa Barbara had the biggest decline because they were selling so many of those super expensive homes in Montecito that really, really took a big toll on, on housing affordability. Well, and, and also we have talked about, you know, the mix of sales change. The, uh, the mix of sales change may be one of the reasons why Santa Barbara's housing affordability dropped. But we can talk more about that later. Yeah, um, let's Santa talk Barbara's about a fascinating market. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, Asia, uh, the housing affordability is going to be an issue in the upcoming second half of the year, but we also have other issues. Some right. of the issues that are a little bit more um, uh, that's happening right now. Pressing. Yeah, exactly. And COVID is a big one, right? So I guess, you know, we, we have done a lot of analysis on jobs market, things like that. And I mean, the, the public health side of this really dictates what's been happening on the economy for the last six months when the economy is 
opening, right? When more folks are going out, when more stuff is happening, you you see jobs come back, right? You see retail sales go up, economic activity. And unfortunately, when the opposite is true, you see that, that the economy suffers, right? And so we've seen the number of cases resurge. We're now over 4 million total cases wow. just here. Uh, you know, and and it's just absolutely uh, increasing at a rapid pace, the fastest we've seen since basically Thanksgiving. Uh, I think we had just you know almost fifteen thousand new cases in the just in, on a daily basis, and now yeah, the the kind of weekly average, which is the one the state really pays attention to for rule setting and things like that is up above 11,000 on, on a kind of seven day moving average. And we just see more and more folks are turning up, uh, you know, with COVID. And, and even as more people, you know, are, are getting tested, the positivity rate is, is probably the scariest thing, right? It is very scary. I mean, at one point, if, uh, you know, people were paying attention to the positivity rate, it was at one point, you know, below 1%. And right now it is at 6.1%. Now compared to the highest that we have had, you know, that was like 12%, 13%, or maybe right. even higher than that. I mean, of course, you can say, well, we're still okay. But, you know, in, in just a matter of two months, you know, we jumped from less than 1% to 6% yep. in terms of positivity rate. And you mentioned about cases, you know, at one point we had two months ago, we had about 600 or maybe less than 600 cases a day. A day. Yeah. Now we have 15,000. You know, mean, that's just... Yeah, huge increase and just shows, you know, how contagious the Delta variant is. I mean, of course, um, we have other uh, variants as well, but I think, you know, in the last few weeks, at least, the Delta variant has been taking the center stage and uh, it is making up, what, about 80, 80%, over 80% of all the new cases. Yeah, and we're seeing folks die and we're seeing the hospitalization rate go up, you know, and so we're having a lot of strain and that, you know, ultimately... Um, is going to have implications for the the broader economy, right? The, mm -hmm. the virus, the Delta variant in particular, which is, as you said, 80% of all the new cases out there, uh, you know, spreads much, much quicker than than kind of uh, the- Twice the, as fast, I think. Yeah, so, so than just the regular, quote unquote, uh, coronavirus, right? And so that is going to have impact. How does it affect the housing market? Paradoxically, you know, it probably is going to mean that housing is going to is going to do even better, right? It's going to place even more importance on your home again, right? It's probably going to mean that not as many people go back to work as quickly as as we expected. It also might mean rates don't go up as quick as we right. originally thought. And so, you know, as as bad as it gets on the public health side, that tends to kind of drive people towards housing even more. And so that like is what kind of makes it difficult to predict the next six months. But when you think about it from a, a kind of broader macro standpoint, it's a little bit more obvious how the effects play out. And we're already starting to see some of that, right? Yeah, we're seeing, you know, some economic activity. You know, when I say economic activity, of course, uh, you can look at a lot of different things. But the latest report that we got from um, the um, on economics is on retail sales. We, yeah. In fact, it just released, you know, some retail sales number for July. And we're seeing some um, drop off actually and in, in retail sales yeah. uh, in July on a month to month basis has dropped about 1.1%, which is a little bit, a little bit of a surprise for some economists. Yeah. Um, now it, 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 it is still not 
terrible, but you know you can take a look at how it compares to I think in in March, April, and May and June because of all the fiscal stimulus, things were actually doing well, yeah. and then retail sales you know started taking a step back. And it, it is a, it's not just COVID, you know, it's a lot of different factors as well. I mean, we've yep. talked about inflation, Absolutely. right? We have talked about supply constraint. And many, many of you uh, who have been shopping for cars really uh, probably know yeah. that it's really tough to get a car. And also, if you want to buy one, I think the price negotiation process is tougher now compared to before because yeah. of, you know, the, uh, the supply constraint. In fact, auto sales actually went down. Um, by about four percent, yeah, three point nine percent. You might have even, that. if you own a car, you could have even seen like a letter right. on your on your windshield, right? Like, hey, sell us your old car, and and we'll pay top dollar. My buddy got an offer to buy his truck for what they paid, really, for like two years old, and he's like, oh my gosh, maybe I should dump this car. But I think you know that's just kind of a symptom of of the supply constraint that you're talking about, right. where there's this premium on anything that's out there, and I think that you know that's. Uh, that's still true for housing largely as well. Now there is still folks going out to eat and drink and that's a positive. Although I think, you know, you could kind of cast it in a different light if you put the, the COVID lens back on that, that you know, um, that's kind of potentially risky, but at least from an economic standpoint, the bars and the restaurants were still doing well. The thing I would kind of caution folks on there though, is that uh, when you look at the unemployment insurance claims, which are a little bit more timely than some mm -hmm. of these monthly indicators because we get uh, unemployment insurance claims every week. Um, California is now you know, back up above 100,000 new claims for unemployment insurance if you add up the pandemic unemployment, the regular unemployment. And so I think that you know, there, there is likely some potential softening uh, in in the works, even as you know, a big chunk of it was was kind of those durable goods that detracted from overall growth, the autos and right. the other stuff. I still think we could potentially see some some softening there. Uh, you know, coming. I up. believe so too, um, and and partly uh, because you know we're looking at the retail sales, for example. You know, we're looking at the whole July. Yeah. Uh, if we look at you know when Delta variant actually start uh, ramping up, it's probably the last few weeks. And I think you know some of the implementation of um, uh, the uh, protocol on social distancing and masking and everything probably got implemented, um, re-implemented just yep. the last few weeks or so. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing August and uh, maybe September. Um, who knows when Delta variant is going to plateau and get better? But in the next couple months or so, uh, be, pre be prepared that things are going to be a little bit softer in terms of the uh, econ side. Yeah, and and you know that that kind of segues nicely into our outlook because we did update our 2020 projection, and you know even as the the kind of um, it looks like the growth is softening in that kind of broader economic environment. We won't see as much growth in the retail sales kind of flattening out and things like that. We're still um, relatively optimistic that the recovery will continue as of right now, pending some big, you know, um, ongoing increases on, on the COVID side, which again, kind of remains the wild card. But if you look at the yield right. curve, right, the they, there hasn't been this huge flight towards the two-year, right? You haven't seen the yield curve invert. In fact, the prices of 10 years have gone up recently over the last week or so. Yeah, and, and GDP, I think, you know, we 
you know, when we did our last forecast, you know, we expect it to be up uh, more than, you know, 6%, 6.8% to be exact. Of course, you know, we have to continue to observe, you know, how COVID uh, developed over the next few months or so to see, you know, whether, because all of you know, we will have a new forecast in October, of course, yeah. between now and then there will be some changes. So we'll take a look at those. Uh, but as far as the housing market goes, um, you mentioned earlier that it's, it is going to have a, um, you know, let's say the slow economy is going to have allowed the interest rates to actually be yeah. a little bit uh, lower for a longer period of time. Right. They're going to stay lower longer than what we originally expected. We still think over the medium term, they're going to probably normalize somewhere in the four, four and a half percent range over the next like three, four years, something like that. Two, three mm-hmm. years, they'll be in the, you know. I think even maybe by next year, we might see three and a half percent interest rates, but that process is going to take longer. You know, we thought we were going to be closer to three and a half percent by the end of the year um, than we would be to three percent. Right. And now we're kind of leaning that we'll still be probably (laughs) somewhere in the in the low three percent range out by the end of the year as the uncertainty uh, rises. And so, you know, we're at about four hundred and thirty thousand or so home sales now. And, and, you know, that's a lower level than where we started the year at over 500,000. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll probably continue to see that just hover in, in that kind of a neighborhood so that we end up with a decent increase over where we were last year, right? But not a, a huge double digit increase the way that it might have looked if you were sitting in December of 2020. Right. We're looking at, you know, seven or eight percent increase right now in terms of sales. Now, price-wise, though, it's going to get a little sticky. We know that right. prices are going to be sticky downward. Um, so we do expect, you know, the median price to continue to see some 800 in the next couple of months or so before the end of the end, the end of the year. And so with that in mind, the year is probably going to end with an annual median price closer to 800, a little bit below 800. And that means we are going to see a double-digit increase in price in the statewide median. Yeah, and it seems almost inevitable at this point uh, that that we're going to see a 20% increase, at least probably in that in that mm-hmm. statewide median price, which is why we buried this at the very end to save your poor hearts from the shock of just that's a, a big, huge number. Part of it is mix of sales, though, right? We sold a lot right. of homes Absolutely. at the very high end of, of the market, but, you know, just a, a real challenge from an affordability standpoint and that we you know still have that number continuing to deteriorate because even though we don't see rates going up that much we still have higher prices uh, and that still will mean um, a, a decline when it comes to housing affordability so overall we're still optimistic we still have sales going up we still have prices going up a lot but we're just you know trying to manage expectations and get you to make sure that you really attack your business with a kind of um, elbow grease type of mentality because I think that the the script has changed a little bit, right? Slightly more listings. We've got more increased uncertainty. We got higher prices um, and all these different dynamics happening. And so hopefully this kind of uh, data-driven approach and, and us kind of putting our spin on what, what these numbers actually mean can help you have those, those conversations. Did we forget to talk about anything important, Oscar? I think we covered pretty much everything. You know, uh, hopefully you get a very good update on both the market and the economy. And, uh, you know, before long, in the next few weeks or so, we'll continue to do our research and we'll get back to you and give you more information in the next podcast.
Yep. And things are developing rapidly. So we'll continue to, to stay regular on these because it's an ever-changing environment. And we'll just continue to crunch these numbers. So we'll leave it there. And thank you so much for joining us for another uh, Housing Matters podcast. We'll see you on the next one. See ya. See ya.